Welcome, friends, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us today for episode six. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite local barber, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling indie wrestling fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, we got another great show for you planned today as we talk about all things pro wrestling. CM Punk is working with the young talent, Alexa Bliss to be written off TV, a great Brody Lee tribute, a new TNT champion is crowned, and more, all today on the show. All right, Andy, I'm going to pass it over to you so we can start off with WWE SmackDown. What do you got for us? So this SmackDown was more of a go-home show for Extreme Rules, but there is one thing I'd like to talk about, and that was the main event, Montez Ford versus Roman Reigns. I thought it was an awesome match. I really like uh, Montez Ford from the Street Profits. I always thought, you know, he's, he's really good. That guy just flies, and I think he has one of the best frog splashes out there right now. I don't know how many times you guys have seen it, but uh, I mean, in the end, the winner was Roman Reigns. But I thought it was an awesome match. Didn't think I, you know, uh, needed the match, but turned turned out to be awesome. So I really liked it. At the end, the U- Usos came out. They did uh, some chair shots to Montez Ford. They put Ford through a table, and then all of a sudden, the Demon comes out. He's on top of the turnbuckle. Jumps off of it to the outside, takes out the bloodline, and then takes him out with kendo sticks and chairs. It was it was a cool way to end the show, but yeah, I just I thought it was worth mentioning that main event match. I thought it was really good. Yeah, they did more extreme rules stuff right there than the actual pay per view did, <laughs> or at least or at least to the build. Yeah, at least to the, the build. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I was I agree with you. I didn't think I needed this match either, and when they when they made it too, I was like not really that excited about it. But as always, Roman Reigns, for, at least right now, he's making every single match that he wrestles a must-watch match, and so Roman's great, guys. Roman is yeah. great, <laughs> and I'm surprised that really the Demon came back because I thought they would be kind of done with that. But I'm not sure where they're going with it. Think about how great of a opportunity for Montez Ford that is. I mean, the only way to get better. Uh, and not saying he's not good, but the only way to level up essentially is to get into the ring with guys that are better than you, that are have worked in bigger main events, bigger spots than you. And, I mean, at least that's what I've always read, and that's you know I think CM Punk verbatim verbatim had said that about himself that he needed the main event at WrestleMania. He thought at the time in order to level himself up one more. Um, but yeah, that had to be such a cool experience to get in with Roman, who is their top guy and feel that energy from the crowd and be a part of that that kind of Roman tidal wave that's been uh, really covering the whole WWE landscape for the last year. Uh, like you were saying, Andy, I really like Roman. He's he's really awesome. When he was the big dog and doing, you know, this is my yard now, I was not into any of that. But new Roman with the bloodline and Paul Heyman, very much into that, really. Oh, he's definitely firing on all cylinders oh, yeah. right now and – I've said it before on the podcast. I, I mean, majority of people hated uh, babyface Roman, but those haters can really get down with him as a heel. So I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing you know where else his character goes. I know he's been champion for. I mean, I think they said it was like at least at Extreme Rules or SmackDown. He's been champion for like 390 something days. Yeah. So over a year. But yeah. 
you know, let's see where it goes. But, yeah, the the match was cool. Not much else on SmackDown really to go over. Let's say we get into Rampage because there's some really cool stuff to talk about on this show. Andy, you want to start us off with that? Yeah, so this Rampage, I believe this was the Grand Slam Rampage, wasn't it? The two-hour one. Yes. Correct? Okay. So just a couple things I wanted to uh, touch on there. The opening match was Powerhouse Hobbs versus CM Punk. I figure you guys might want to get into that. For me, I mean, obviously all of these matches with CM Punk had been a while since you've seen them, but definitely had been a while since I've seen him wrestle a bigger guy like Powerhouse Hobbs. Though Powerhouse Hobbs, in his defense, can really go. He moves quick, kind of like Big E, you know, big guy, but can move can move fast. I really enjoyed watching uh, Powerhouse Hobbs wrestle. Yeah, and I, I remember, uh, I believe it was before Punk, you know, signed, or maybe right after he signed, he was talking about the t- talent he would have liked to work with when he came. And Powerhouse Hobbs, I remember being or seeing him be on his list of people. So, and Darby was also on that list. So it's it almost sounds like you know CM Punk is going down his initial dream list of AEW opponents uh, for right now. But yeah, what do you guys think of the match? I really liked it. Strong opener for that show. Yeah, I thought it was great too. I'd- it's, it has been a while since we've seen CM Punk wrestle, uh, you know, consecutively after the All Out match. So, getting you back, like used to his style again, uh, compared to everything else on the AEW show, uh, is such a difference. And also, it's like such great storytelling. You forget how good of a storyteller Punk is. Uh, wrestling in his matches, because like he made Hobbs look really good. Other than the you know Hurricane Rana um, spot, which Hobbs crashed right on his head <laughs> yeah he came yeah. down on his head Straight right to his head yeah that was yeah. uh but other than that, i was surprised that punk uh got hobs up so easily on his shoulders like you forget that punk's kind of like he's you know mm-hmm. i think he's like 200 pounds isn't he or something like that but you know he looks small but he you know pretty built i think yeah i mean if adam cole's 209 he's got to be you know a little yeah. a little more heavier also side note punk was back to wearing his classic gear Instead of yeah, the tights right. like he wore at uh, at All Out. Oh, don't fire him up about that. That's been a Twitter oh, I'm not saying it's right a bad now. thing. I was that he, that's been he's he's been coming at people back that he said, don't think he said, I got I had the long boys under my jeans. Don't think I won't <laughs> do it again. And he says he's gonna wear the he's gonna oh, wear I'm the sure long boys again if you all keep if you all keep talking smack. But uh, I just wanted to say really quickly, just similar to what we were talking about, about Roman in the first match, CM Punk's getting in there with a younger guy, uh, Hobbs, and he's giving him that experience. And in there, what I find really fascinating is I'm sure between holds, he's talking to him saying, you know, wait, wait, you know, and he's teaching him how to read the crowd and just little things like that. And timing and i find that stuff really fascinating and i'm sure for him being a young wrestler being in there with a, you know a huge superstar like cm punk who is you know very experienced all over the world it has to be a great uh learning experience for him so i thought that was fun for me as a well a quote-unquote smart fan to watch because it, it almost made me smile uh, and feel happy for him knowing that he was getting that cool experience. And overall, match was super physical. Punk looked great, I swear. He's just going to keep getting better. He he really doesn't have, any, from what I'm seeing, any sort of rust. 
I think he's just going to fall right back into where he was. He's in great shape. He looks like his like his his physical appearance and his cardio and everything looks really good and Hobbs is just a genetic monster. He's huge. And he I do see what you're saying Andy with the similarities to Big E. Um but I like Hobbs though on his own. I think he's more he's definitely more serious than Big E, in my opinion. He's presented people more compared seriously. him to Mark Henry and since he's been kinda of coaching him up as people were like it's kinda of like CM Punk versus Mark I, Henry in that match. If if he was. I definitely see that way more. Yeah, I, Jeremy, I see what, I see that I see what you're saying way more. Yeah, I mean I just I just meant in the sense of a a big guy, but he, he can move fast and, you know just Yeah, oh, yeah. He's he can smooth. keep up with the smaller guys. Well, not saying punk small, but small compared to Hobbs. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty yeah. much it, most people on the roster anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I think since Punk's first match, he's already gotten so much better, like in, in terms of just getting his feet underneath him again. It just seemed like he carried his match a lot more than the Derby match. I did, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely did see a difference in how, or just his wrestling in general from his match against Darby to his match against Hobbs. Not saying his, his wrestling against Darby was bad or anything, but I don't know. It felt smoother, I guess, yeah. this time around, I guess is, could be the word yeah. for it. I don't know if it's because he was a smaller guy in this match, so he kind of had to do that role. Mm-hmm. Oh. Definitely mm-hmm. could be it. Moving on, though, I wanted to talk about Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express, or Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, if you want to call them. They're calling themselves... The super click. Super click, baby. Uh, when it comes to this match, very fun match. It was second match on the show, so you had a good opener with Punk and Hobbs, and then you had this one. Winners were the super click. Uh, lately, with Adam Cole being there, I, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the high of it will eventually down die down, but I'm enjoying it while you know while it's going on for now and. Team up with the Young Bucks was fun to see. That was a good match. Everyone got, you know, everyone. It, I think everyone got a chance to shine in it, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel like Adam Cole is taking it to the the elite to like another level right now. At least for now, like the you know his kind of uh, like newness. The crowd's on fire area. too with, with yeah. him out there. And I like how the you know the Young Bucks come out to their music and the way for Cole to come out. Because you know they're going to get a huge pop with Cole's music. Because that's a, that's a great, I think one of his best theme songs that he's had. Um, and, the, and then, of course, Jurassic Express comes out and everyone sings their song too. So just like the whole environment and match itself is, was awesome to see. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think what kind of what you're talking about, Andy, is like it's almost like we're getting to see right now those dream AEW versus NXT matches that we never thought we'd get to see. But they just all happen to be under the AEW umbrella. But for me, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but they announced for next week we're getting Bobby Fish versus Sammy Guevara. So, you know, these are matches where six months ago, a year ago, that would be like an NXT versus AEW dream match, and now we're getting to see them on a weekly basis. So seeing Adam Cole in there with any of these guys has been really fun for me because – it's almost like sometimes I have to pinch myself to be like, is this really happening right now? But it, it's been so fun. I've been really enjoying it. No, you're completely right. I mean, when NXT, when Adam Cole was champion in NXT and AW was going on, 
it, like you said, you can only dream about some of these crossover matches that could happen. And now, at least some of them seem to be happening and potential to to continue happening. Well, I was listening to Talk is Jericho, and Adam Cole was on there. And they were talking about exactly what we're talking about in these dream matches. And I think Jericho said that right now they have over 200 potential main events for the next couple years that they can go through and change out people. And they were, like, laughing about how crazy Good the Lord. dream matches that they're going to have. So I'm like, so excited for what's... What's going to come in the next year? It's a good time to be a wrestling yeah, fan. That too. That's for sure. Because that's not only at singles matches, too. You can have tag team main events and everything like that. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that covers Rampage. What do you say we jump into Extreme Rules? Because there's definitely some interesting things to talk about and some weird things that happen. So let's get into it. All righty. So there's a couple things I got here that I wanted to get into. First being Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss, their match for the Raw Women's Championship. I want to say as a as a whole, this entire show, I actually really enjoyed uh, most of the matches. It was some of the endings of them I did not enjoy, but I thought the matches were pretty good, including this one of Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. The winner was Charlotte Flair. She won with the natural selection. Uh, the crowd was booing at the end. And I believe it was against Charlotte Flair. Though I think usually they're cheering most of the time. So that was a little bit weird to see. At the end, Charlotte dismembers Lily. Literally, Lily the doll literally rips her apart in the middle of the ring. Alexa Bliss freaks out and attacks Charlotte. They brawl outside the ring. Charlotte leaves. Alexa just sits in the middle of the ring and is screaming, freaking out. The reason why I wanted to go into this, though, is that I had read that she's basically going to be written off a of television for a couple months. Or they, they're, the exact words I read were several months. Now, I just wanted your guys' thoughts. Do you think she comes back with the same gimmick, a new gimmick, or maybe she goes back to her old gimmick? On their recent promos together, Charlotte had brought up about how much she missed, you know, the old Alexa Bliss. I know as as a fan of Alexa Bliss, I preferred that incarnation of her. So I just I wanted your guys' thoughts on what she could come back as, what you guys would like her to come back as. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I heard a point uh, from someone else made that because of Bray Wyatt's 90-day clause being up uh, pretty soon, I think it's the end of October, that they're going to get rid of that gimmick because it's kind of, you know, everyone relates it back to him. Also, where else can you go with it now? I just, I don't don't know where else you can go. Yeah, and I don't think any of the writers can do that because that was more of Bray's character in it than anything else. They have no idea what to do with it. So I think she's probably going to either go back to what she was or it's like... uh, they might even double down with it, but I highly doubt that because I'm pretty sure this be, you know, revert her back and then she'll beat Charlotte when she comes back. I mean, I hope not, but I mean, not her being <laughs> Charlotte. I mean, I hope she, they don't double down on this, uh, like Alexa's yeah. funhouse or play playground. I know we're normally the most positive wrestling podcast. It was awful. The, the match was good. Now, if you want to see good wrestling, go back to 1981. Well, <laughs> Saturday night's main event. 
We're not talking about 80s WWF. (laughs) You want to go back in the 80s, you can watch some Jim Crockett promotions, baby. (laughs) All right, so anyways. The match itself was good, but... uh, yeah, I did not like the thing with the doll. That look, that's just not my thing. Yeah. Am I the only one? Do you get? Did you guys like? You guys weren't bothered by how just weird that was. Well, I'm watching a grown woman play a child, on on television. Yeah, I didn't like it much. And also, her her like she was had like that um, black ink in her mouth that was supposed to pop. Did you oh, see? Were, did had, you see the thing on her tongue sitting there? It was a foam. It was a foaming tablet that wasn't yeah, dissolving. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it the yeah. camera caught it every time it, she opened her mouth. And <laughs> it was supposed to be like her drooling the black stuff, and it never happened. Yeah, that this segment was not my favorite, but the match was was pretty good. I think she'll come back as her as her old self. I hope we yeah. can get away from all this silliness. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like they've gotten everything that they can out of this gimmick of hers yeah and you know maybe being all, I, I don't know i wonder if also side note i believe she's getting married soon maybe that's another reason to get off tv yeah she did she is getting time off for something else like i don't know if it's that or not but it is something else for that but i think you know sometimes you do need at, at least fans need to see someone go away for a little bit in order to get them to like them again kind of like when roman left for a while and then came back as a heel you know, she could come back and be the whole Twisted Bliss character, that heel again, and everyone, you know, could be there for it. So, have to wait and see. Who knows how long she'll be away. Next, though, I wanted to get into the United States Championship match, Damian Priest versus Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. I really liked it. I know the other week we had talked about how Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy against one another was a little weird and then he had a good match with Sheamus and I thought the three of them together was a really good you know Jeff did his thing and every time Damian Priest is fighting with Sheamus it's always really hard hitting uh it, it was actually one of my favorite matches on the card uh but the winner of the match was Damian Priest, he retained the United States Championship with a roll-up to Sheamus. What do you guys think? Yeah, we all thought that Hardy was added because he was going to take the pin. I know, I was really Sheamus surprised. I thought that was going to you know, be his main role. I really enjoyed the match as well. I thought it was super physical. Um, I'm not sure. This is just me, personally. Uh, I'm, not sure how, I'm not sure how I feel about Damian Priest yet. Let's see if he grows on me or not. I'm not all the way sold on it. Um you know who does sell me more and more every week, though? Sheamus is awesome. That dude is so tough. He First of all, he just broke his nose again. Like, legitimately. <laughs> For real, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. seeing the pictures online. He definitely did. And every time he wrestles, it is a war, man. They just beat the hell out of each other. And I, I like that style. So, for me, the sleeper of the match, Sheamus. Sheamus is awesome. It's my favorite kind of wrestling. So now, Tim, you you <laughs> both watched WWE during like the PG era. Is do you guys like Sheamus bet more now than you did before? See, I I didn't watch during that era. I had basically been on a hiatus from professional wrestling around that time. But both of you guys got to watch him. I just you know, is he? Do you feel like he's more physical now? Do you feel like? I mean, by now he's considered a vet. I think his style is kind of the same, but back then they did a lot of stupid gimmicks with him, 
like, I think he won, like, uh, King of the Ring, right? And he had that king gimmick, which they give everyone whatever they win that. And it was, it oh, was just, a, like, a Ugh. waste of a gimmick for him. And they always made him, I think it was, you know, really leaned into his Irish side, which WD is just very stereotypical <laughs> whenever they do that with whatever, you know, where you're from, which I hate so much. But What did they do, pair him up with Hornswoggle? I, I can't remember. I probably I- did. <laughs> I think for me, when he first came and he was feuding with Cena, I remember him and Cena in like 2010, I believe, at a tables match. And I, I just didn't get why he was getting this huge push. I, I had heard rumors that him and Triple H were workout, bu- workout buddies. so they Oh, would, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so they would hang out and stuff like that. But um, I just, for me at this point, because it's been, you know, over a decade, I just respect him so much. I just think he's such a tough guy and, yep. Yeah, all these years, through any weird gimmick that they've given him, he's always made the best of it. Heel, babyface, and he's just super tough. So I, I just have a lot of respect for him. So he's grown on me a bit over the last decade. So the main event of Extreme Rules, I want to talk more about the ending of the match, and I feel like you all probably do too, rather than the match as a whole. I, I did enjoy the match, but that's... It was also the only extreme rules match on the yes, card. Yes, it was of extreme or rules. the only match that had any kind of stipulation yeah. that is on the entire extreme rules card. But the only thing I wanted you know, to say about the match was why did it take them so long to get tables out when the crowd was chanting for two hours? We wanted tables. Yeah, and Roman yells at the crowd. He's like, "No tables!" <laughs> you know, he doesn't he didn't want to give the crowd what they wanted. I mean, good for him playing the heel, yeah. but. So, I mean, it's it's always fun, especially after so long, to see the demon Finn Balor in action. But the winner of this match was Roman Reigns, and it was basically due to Balor was on top of the ropes, about to do the coup de grace, you know, and made his big comeback, and the entire top rope collapses. And then Roman hits him with a spear, one, two, three... I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I don't know if it was done in order to protect the demon character and say he didn't, you know, lose, you know, lose exactly fair and square. Didn't lose clean in the ring. There was something that interfered. He didn't lose clean because of an assist from God. Yeah, because God. I mean, God that, took the that, demon down. <laughs> I mean, Roman did point up at the at yeah, the he sky. Did the cross too. So is that? Do you guys think that's what they're going for? A hundred percent. Honestly, nobody's going for. Hey, don't forget Vince. Uh, Vince had a match against God once. It was Sean and God, HBK and God versus Vince. God. And they make God Shane. a heel both times. God, God just ruining everyone's fun. Oh no, making all the heels win. And should we back up to when Finn made his comeback? Because that's when it's yeah. How are we going to skip over the mu- red light and the music and, and the? I completely. I, you guys like are completely right. I absolutely forgot about that. And it was just like it, it was like a soundtrack for his <laughs> his comeback. I I don't think I've ever seen it done in any wrestling company. Did not like. I could yeah. The red lights. It was it was, it was almost as loud as the commentators, if not louder. Yeah. And I d- it didn't last too, too long, but shouldn't have happened at all, in my opinion. Hear me out. Hear me out. Same match. Everything plays out the same way. 
get rid of the demon comeback in the music. He's beaten. He's kicking Roman Reigns' ass. He gets a normal comeback. He doesn't turn transform into a demon or whatever. He does a normal comeback. He's kicking Roman Reigns' ass. He's going up. He almost has the victory. Coup de gras. Rope breaks. Oh my goodness. Then Roman gets the spear. I think that would have been okay. It just was too much. There's like the lights going, and then the music's oh, playing. Did you forget his little seizure that then made him come back to life? I was it's like convulsing. Just, and then... As they say, as they say, it was too much Gaga. Just too yeah. much things happening. Either do the demon convulsing, which please don't ever do that again. Oh, you and know Finn probably hated. I, I felt embarrassed for Finn. Uh, me too. I was God. when it was happening. My wife was just staring at me. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, That's the she part loves Finn like, too. So this is yeah. not wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and, but but so, if it had just been the rope, I'd be okay with that. Go ahead. Jeremy. I I would have said that if he did the demon comeback, but just start with like that sound of him rising up. Then also, don't play his music music while he's making this comeback. That yourself. was terrible. That was weird. It's like why are you playing? It's like someone's entrance. He's playing while they're beating someone else up. Doesn't make any sense. I actually thought it was a mistake at first. Yeah, like they, I was they like, I was like, playing. are they playing the winner's music early and they did the wrong winner? Yeah, and then I, I mean, because like I, maybe they could have had him go to the top row and then one of the Usos like come up, like get up and then trip him, and then rain spears him instead of like the top rope all of a sudden breaking. Yeah, I, mean, it, I got. I have to remember that it's that it's God that broke the top rope, so that kind of <laughs> changes things. It changes things. I mean, I, it, from what I read, everyone hated this ending to the match. Ironically, Dave Meltzer was the one who was defending it, <laughs> which I was like, what? Oh, God. But imagine, I didn't hear what he had to say. I just wanted yeah. to know how he could have possibly defended it. Imagine being in the writer's room and someone's like, well, the top rope's going to break. And, and then they decide that it's because of God. And they're like, well, it's the demon. What if we play the music in the middle of <laughs> yeah. this match? Not have it be distracting at all. Yeah. And Vince is like, yep. It's good shit. So, <laughs> so sometimes people talk about, like I saw something on the, the PW fan Twitter the other day where somebody had tweeted, pro wrestling and sports entertainment are the same thing and people need to get used to it. And... I think that right there is a prime example. They are not the same thing. And they are. It was a thousand percent sports entertainment. Yeah. And almost zero percent pro wrestling. And then once we get to AEW, you can totally see the difference. Too much Gaga, like Tim said. Too much Gaga. You got to pick one. It just was a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, if you had just done the top rope thing and not the music. Don't hate it as much. Still don't like the like ending. I wouldn't like it, but I could accept it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they they were like, let's do this, and this, and this. It's yeah. like, okay, and dude. What is with the just... red lights? They, like, love the red lights during a match. You can't see anything. No it's more hard. red lights. No fiend red lights. Oh, no I forgot about that. Lights. I kind of pushed that stuff out of my memory. <laughs> <sighs> well, anyways. Should we move on? <laughs> moving on to Raw the next night. Just wanted to touch on a couple of things. The the show opened up with Bobby Lashley versus Big E for the WWE Championship. Most important thing I got out of this was that the Hurt Business is 
I guess, fully back together, minus MVP being injured. Looks like Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are now back to helping Bobby Lashley. Wasn't a gradual thing. They just came out. We have no idea why it happened, but I'm sure we'll see them moving forward. Good old WWE storytelling right there. It just happens. Yeah, this. Hey, let's let's do this. Yeah. No explanation. Like, all right. Well, hopefully, you know, we get to see what's going on eventually. But uh, next was the Goldberg segment via satellite. I can't remember. Did they say because? A couple weeks ago, when Big E won the championship, I think I had mentioned, are they going to continue the Goldberg feud? What what goes on with that? Does Goldberg you know, st- still make it happen, even though he won't be wrestling for the championship anymore? Did they announce, though, this Monday, if it's going to be at Crown Jewel or not? I mean, I would assume it would be. Two big names like Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. I'm sure the Prince wants to see Goldberg again, <laughs> even after his disastrous match against Dude, Undertaker. The Prince there. wants to see Ultimate Warrior and Andre <laughs> the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just it was something I, I was thinking about when I was watching it because I didn't remember if they were going to say it was at Crown Jewel. It was just really Goldberg telling Bobby Lashley that Lashley that he's going to be his victim. So. I'm sure we're going to see more about that week to week. But lastly, I, when it came to Raw, I wanted to talk about Big E versus Bobby Lashley, which I know they opened the show, but then they finished it in a steel cage match for the main event. The winner was Big E. I thought it was you know, a good match. Nothing like too crazy or too special, but it was a you know, good way to end the show. It seems like they're really throwing everything out there on these television shows lately but the takeaway from this was it looks like drew mcintyre is going to be next in line so it seems like he's you know back in the title picture i'm sure their feud is going to be good though i mean as of now both are baby faces so uh that definitely could change moving forward but any thoughts on on either one of those two things I mean, I'm looking forward to having Big E with someone else, like, kind of like Drew McIntyre, and his big-ass sword that he always walks around with, like, Lily could kill someone with if he swings it at him, but, you know, they let him carry it to the ring. But I'm really, yeah, I, I think Drew McIntyre's only real storyline right now is back to the title, which, I don't think there's much else for him. Well, his last one was Jinder at, yeah. at SummerSlam, correct? I don't know who that guy made mad. I swear, he like always gets like right there, and then something happens where he gets pushed back down. But dude, he carried the company during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I don't feel he like he gets basically through the. Entire I don't feel thing. like he gets any love for it though. No way. Like, and I know he's friends with Jinder and they're boys, but it's like, oh, here's your reward after that huge program. You're gonna feud with Jinder Mahal. Right. Yeah. Let's get more positive. What else is going on? <laughs> well, I don't know how positive this next part's going to be, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this week's NXT 2.0, or really just oh boy, the direction of the show as a whole. I think it and can be summed up as I th- I, it's everything we feared it's going to be. 
<laughs> I, I feel like we all have a little bit different opinions, though also similar in some ways. I wanted to kick this off, though, and put move it over to you, Tim, because you were texting us early, you know, a couple days ago about your opinion, or really it was more of the direction that you think it's going based on what you saw. Mm, I tell you what, um, you know, I'm really thankful for all the people that listen to the show. But NXT is going to become one of those shows where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to review it. I don't know if I can do that to myself every week if this is the kind of stuff that they're going to do. The, it was hard to watch, like, to get through the whole, it, the two hours dragged on for This me. was not a good episode for them at all. It was a weird mix. I thought it's so glaring. You can see the old NXT guys how they fit with the new NXT people, and it's just a completely different vibe. It's like, you can almost tell it's so out of place, you know? And But what I was saying to you guys is I said, I think I get what Vince is going for. And it was during the, the segment where Johnny Gargano's hiding in the closet uh, during the... Look, I thought that segment was hilarious. Look, it, no, no, no. It, it, here's the thing. It did make me laugh and everything. But that's the segment that made me realize, I said, I think I understand what Vince is going for. The colors, the music, all that stuff definitely appeals to, like, I would say, people in their early 20s, younger, probably down to, like, 12, you know. It's, like, there's a lot of uh, hip-hop and just, like, the way everything's presented. And then There's that talk show, yeah. Lash Legend. It's, like, a news show they're doing. Right. And then they're trying to also push the envelope a little bit with some of this... Uh, sexual innuendo stuff and that none of that stuff was on the old version of NXT this is all the stuff that I've noticed in two episodes so you think they're going for an edgier product well that's the thing I think what we thought we thought that Triple H was making an edgier product because it was grittier and the wrestlers would say I hate you and things like that and it was darker but I think Vince wants to actually do like a like a more almost parental advisory-esque type of product yeah i was gonna say do you think it's this is edgier or do you think it's more of like uh like you said like younger 20s or even like teenage edgier as in like making those sex jokes i think that this is i think that he's trying to capture a segment of the audience that is very social media driven and young TikTok, like that to me that's what the show almost seems like a wrestling version of that stuff like it's all wrapped in the one to me just the vibe the colors the presentation i feel like i'm watching fcw see i don't get that at all i feel like i'm watching a bunch of people i have no idea who they are they didn't gradually bring them on TV. They were shoved in my face, and now I have to watch these people grow as wrestlers, mixing with or maybe phasing out the talent that has been there. You know, before NXT changed, they did the – maybe it was more than once a year – they did the breakout tournament. And that was your chance to see these guys slowly, you know – slowly get tv time and you slowly got to know them but since they want i mean the only person that i've seen from this new roster that i 
really even like is Braun Breaker. And I thought I was going to hate him at first, but he's he's actually pretty cool. Everyone else, like, there's this guy that's debuting next week. And I, I feel bad talking like this, but Tony D'Angelo, he's like an Italian mobster guy. Like, like Hitman. <laughs> nice. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen his promos, but he's wearing a fedora. He's like... Let me you know, let me let me put talking super Italian. We'll let Jeremy speak, but let me just say this: this show is quickly becoming, or could quickly become, the collapsible segment of this podcast. Because if it's going to be like this every week, I don't want this to turn into the show where once we get to NXT to review, we just start trashing it, ripping it apart. Because at that point, if you want to hear that type of stuff, there's plenty of podcasts you can listen to. Oh, of course, right, of course, but. I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna waste my time watching that. I'm just gonna spend two hours watching bad wrestling. And there's some stuff that's already hard enough to get through, but there was some stuff where I, I just was like, this might not be for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sum it up really fast. For me, it's just that I think this is the direction. I mean, the direction they want to go in was is all these new guys coming in, all these new kind of flashy storylines and things like you were saying. And I just think it's going to keep going more and more in that direction. So, I don't. I have very low hopes <laughs> for NXT anymore, any more than I did really. It it really seems like they're trying to completely get a new audience than the previous one. You're not. Yeah, they're not keeping anything except for okay, Pete Dunne, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh. Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong and uh, Johnny Gargano. Kyle O'Reilly. I think that was really all that we saw this so week. So those are like the pillars of the old NXT. Those guys look so out of place when they're wrestling like one of these, I guess like they're, they're quote unquote like the, the new people that they want to push. It just doesn't, it looks weird. It doesn't. It's, it's like weird a, thing about the Chompa as the champion right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they did it, but when he won the title and he's that music's playing and the show is so colorful and looks like Nickelodeon and it's his like screaming music playing, I just was like, man, none of this makes any sense. It just looks weird. But I am happy he won the belt. I just want to add in. I love Champa. He's the man. Well, it looks like Braun Breaker's about to get a title shot after being there, what, three weeks? Guys, they're going to change that name, I'm telling you. Mark my words here. I mean, I'd rather see him as a Steiner for sure. It's still not going to make me enjoy the product any well, even better. This is the th- Look, and also like two weeks ago or something, we actually had some pretty positive things to say about the show. This could just be a one-week thing. I really hope it is, but, you know, the track record you just got to think about. It feels like Unfortunately. More, this is the way they want to go. So I'm definitely going to give it a couple more, you know, weeks couple more watches before I really think like oh this is where they're going my whole thing is with this week this is just what I happened to saw and what we all ended up talking about here's the thing they need to be careful because this isn't like how it was four years ago you can't just put a bunch of bad wrestling on TV and expect people to just stick around and watch it no matter what because you're the only option now there's so much good wrestling to watch I don't have to sit and watch that. There's other options. I used to watch every single WWE show, every single WWE pay-per-view, because 
other things like New Japan and Ring of Honor on fight, uh, not even fight TV. It was like eye pay per view or something at the time. I remember you weren't even happy about it, and you were like, "There's a pay per view tonight." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah," and I would keep doing it. <laughs> you don't even sound excited but for you it. You don't have you don't have to do that anymore. There's plenty of good good wrestling to watch. So that's the thing. I look. I, I'm half joking when I say this. This NXT review might become the show part of the show that we drop, but I'm also half not joking. <laughs> it depends on how bad it gets in the next few weeks. Moving on, I wanted to end with Dynamite. I know we usually go through the entire show, but there was a lot going on in wrestling this week that I felt like we could big wrestling week. We could just you know hit some bullet points with Dynamite, and there were a lot in my opinion for this week. I'm going to start off, it was a Brody Lee tribute show. They were in his hometown of, I believe, Rochester, New York. The entire show and audience, you know, surround, it was, uh, had to, had to do with Brody Lee and, uh, keeping his spirit alive and, and whatnot. The opener for the show was Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. Lately, AW has just been, Throwing bangers of when it comes to openers, just setting the tone for the rest of the show. They such a good match. So I wanted to get into that. Um, Adam Cole won with a low blow, and then he hit the last shot. Awesome match. Jungle Jungle Boy's a star. I'm, I'm sure we've all said it before, but you know, last week I think we were touching on homegrown talent. He's one of those guys, and I, I got more to say about that kind of homegrown talent thing as we go through Dynamite. But, again, another one of those matches where I didn't know I needed it, but it was really awesome to see Adam Cole and him, you know, go at each other. So, what do you guys think? I thought this episode of Dynamite was great to show the future that they're going to have. Because everyone's been talking about Punk and Danielson and everyone who's come in recently. But you, I think everyone underestimates this show had town. everything, in my opinion. It yeah. was all around one of their best, I felt, television shows that they've ever had. I think really the only bad Dynamite recently was uh, kind of ironically after when Punk debuted at Rampage, like the following Dynamite then. That was the only one that was kind of a letdown. Everything else has been really great so far, and I love how Tony Khan's booking the show, especially now with having those opening matches that just set the tone, like you said, uh, for the entire uh, night. And it's just... You know, everyone has to, like, just do better than the opening match, which is insane. What's really cool is the roster is so deep now that they don't even have to, you know, we've been talking about these dream matches that they've been doing, but they don't even have to do a stacked card every week now. If you let me see Adam Cole wrestle whoever every, you know, Wednesday or Friday, I'm probably going to be pretty happy with the show, so... If they just keep doing that and giving me good wrestling matches and good storylines, I'm I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to this show. I uh, I really like the chemistry that the two of them had. Uh, I actually watched the wife. I actually I actually watched the match with my wife, and uh, she knows a bit about wrestling, and she enjoyed it too. She said, "Wow, these guys are really athletic," and I said, "Yeah, I feel like this is kind of this one guy in particular, this Jack Perry Jungle Boy guy." He's really young. He's going to be really big someday. Not that he's not already a star, but I feel like he's only in the infancy of his career. They had a very good false finish that got me. Yeah. Uh, after he hit the Panama Sunrise off 
off of the top rope. I think everyone thought that was it. Yeah, the entire crowd. I mean, everyone popped. And then I believe there was another crazy move that happened. Uh, Adam Cole was standing on the outside, on the apron, that is, and Jungle Boy came over, jumped over the ropes, and her Karana hemmed off of that to all the way down to the ground. So that was one of the big spots. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an awesome match. And like you were saying, Tim, I mean, you could put Adam Cole or any of these guys that we all know. I mean, if people are, you know, afraid of getting lost in the shuffle, just just put them in a match with these guys. Make Let these vets, you know, help them shine and build them up. Be, by association, you're going to start. Like, now already, the next time I see Hobbs wrestle, I'm like, okay, well, exactly. you can't help it. Because in your mind, you're like, well, he just wrestled CM Punk. So yeah. you start viewing him in a different Have way. these guys make the other talent. I think, that, And I think that's what they're doing. And I think that's what Tony has been getting at pushing the, quote-unquote, the four staples of AEW, like the AEW originals. It was Jungle Boy, MJF. Darby Allen, and uh, who was the other? Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Which now I'm going to get into. We'll that get into that in, during the MJF segment. I think it's cool that Tony hasn't forgotten about. Yeah, we have all these inter- huge international stars. Everybody knows, but these are going to still be the future guys that, in the next ten years, are going to keep carrying this company. I feel like that was always the plan, though, because they actually do long-term storytelling, which is, you know. Uh, relatively new idea right now in wrestling. Which uh, yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they really deviated. I think this yeah. is this was almost just a reminder. I feel right. like the MJF promo was a reminder of hey, don't forget. Yeah, I only, I only feel like they kind of maybe changed the script when it, when they signed you know Punk or Danielson because they weren't really sure about it. Right. And then once they did, they just kind of changed like a few weeks of the show, and then and now they're back on. And luckily for the talent, though, also with all these guys coming. There's so much, so many people that, you know, whose brain can be picked and, yeah. you know, they can get some good constructive criticism on their matches and, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? It can really help improve these guys and gals, you know. And the important thing is they have the freedom to actually try things. Exactly. So after the Adam Cole and Jungle Boy match, I wanted to talk about what happened after the Dante Martin and Matt Seidel versus Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson match. The winner was Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson, but looks like Arn and uh, Cody are getting into it, which we touched on last week after the Malachi Black match. We thought that, you know, Arn wasn't uh, actually mad. He was just telling Cody, like, hey, I'm fine, like, get in the ring. But it looks like it is part of the the storytelling (laughs) now. Um, what a crazy promo. promo. I mean, <laughs> look, he basically he basically flat out called Cody Rhodes a pussy. <laughs> Saying if a guy came up to my car, I'd pull a Glock on him, and you would just say, take my car. He not only said he would pull a Glock, he said he would spill his brains over the <laughs> pavement. And then CM Punk's like, I don't think he's ever had a Glock, but uh, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, that was hilarious. I liked. Uh, I've seen some memes today. It's all these Arn Anderson memes where it's, <laughs> it's like when you name your son Brock because it rhymes with Glock. <laughs> God, I mean, all, you know, all kinds of silly stuff. They just gave that to the fans, basically. Yeah, that was such a wild promo that I loved it so much. 
Yeah, it was so. I mean, I really wasn't expecting it, and then it just like went off the rails. And he also kind of like, in a good way held though. Held his hand like, up to Cody like he's holding like a holding a gun. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it was getting a little wild there for TNT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would. I mean, I wonder if the Nightmare Factory's splitting up or what's going on. But we'll just have to continue well, watching. Definitely Arn and Cody. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if Arn hey, goes, I don't. I I feel like. Just like everybody else, I like Cody, but man, he's starting to get on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. He they, is getting booed. <laughs> the crowd's booing During him. that match, every time he hit Dante Martin, there's a boo. Every time Dante Martin hit yeah. Cody, there was a cheer. And then Punk was on commentary, and he was like, yeah, they don't like him. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I mean, <laughs> he'll just say how it is. But I thought also, it was speaking of Punk being on commentary, just as a side note, I, he was good on commentary. I, it was fun to hear him throughout the entire show, kind of like those times when Jericho's on the on the show the entire time on commentary. Yeah, I liked him a lot, too. I saw some people that yeah. didn't like him on Twitter, but I'm like, he, he really? provided so much, like, insight into just wrestling mm-hmm. and also, like, his kind of quick, uh, you know, quibs or whatever it is. It was, like, they were hilarious. Like, when he was talking about Adam Cole, and he was like, Adam Cole's the guy who probably listens to his own entrance theme while I was working out in the gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. He, was, he was witty on commentary this week, for sure. Uh, moving forward... Just want to touch briefly on the H the Hardy family office versus Dark Order and Orange Cassidy. I believe it was a sixteen man tag match. Just you know, it was really good tribute to Brody Lee. The Dark Order, you know, put their differences aside. Brody Lee's wife had come out to uh, I forget which two gentlemen were were arguing and were about to walk backstage, but she walked out with. Um... Scott Grayson, is that his name? I feel like it was the two original guys, like when the Dark Order first came in. Yeah, Evil Uno and... Yeah, whatever his name I think, I think you're right, Scott Grayson. But yeah, like Ty Conti came out, Anna Jay, Little Brody, and and his wife. And the wife was like, you know, get in there. Yeah, that was nice. And that they sold it as, you know, that was the motivation they needed. Like, she was like, are you kidding me? You're doing this? Like, right. get in there. And so... That that was really cool to see. It was nice to keep it simple like that, not to like overdo it with you know. I don't know people were expecting Bray Wyatt, I think, but I, that would have been. And no, I still don't think his his ninety day clause is up. Yeah, it, it's definitely getting close. But uh, after that, I wanted to touch on just your thoughts. Leo Rush is all elite now. He didn't. No, I don't yet, remember. He? He's retired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might have already retired after <laughs> signing the contract. I, I think didn't he have a match in the early days of all of? He I was, was gonna say the Joker yeah, in one of, of the AW Casino Battle Royals. But yeah, it was just a one-time thing. Yeah, well so then he we'll retired s- after that. Yeah, and that and then he went to rap music, and now he's back. So we'll have to see how long he sticks around. I don't have much to say on that. I I've met him. I'm not a huge fan of the guy. Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna Maybe dive well. into that. I'm sure you don't want to either. So. Yeah, I met him at a, a MCW show. That's where he was, uh, I think, when he was in Ring of Honor, he would still come and do MCW shows in Maryland, and I, I've had the displeasure of meeting him, unfortunately. <laughs> so after that, we had the MJF in-ring segment that we had mentioned earlier. Really cool uh, segment, in my opinion. He talked about the four pillars of the company, and he names them Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and he said, of course... You know, myself, as a whole, 
This show, I felt, besides the Brody Lee tribute, highlighted those four pillars. Each of them had a match besides MJF. MJF had the this in-ring, in-ring segment, but all guys are homegrown talent. And thinking back, I'd never seen any four of these guys in any other, at least main company. They were all, I think, indie guys, basically, beforehand. And all four of them have been showcased since the beginning. You know, they are going to be the guys that are around when, you know, Kenny Omega can't go anymore and Brian Danielson, CM Punk. They are doing that long-term storytelling, letting the audience see these guys evolve and grow as talent. And it's really cool to see. And MJF, like you said, Tim, reminded us of that tonight in case we forgot. Right. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really strong promo. I think the part about... Uh, Could have gone without the Darby Allen straight edge and his uncle dying yeah, in weird. the car crash. And he said, the wrong man died. I, I was, was like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's like going a little hard. So then after- anyone else could say that? Yeah, right. So they they after that, they announced a couple things. They got... They announced two, two or one official... Well, they announced a couple of matches, but... The two main things I wanted to get in is for this upcoming Rampage this Friday, we got Brian Danielson going against Nick Jackson. I'm sure that's – Nick Jackson singles is – I mean, I'm, I think he's very good. You don't get to see him too often, but I think Matt was hurt for a little while in the beginning of AEW, and uh, you got to see a couple single matches with Nick Jackson. So, that you know, I feel like that'll be really good. But they're also bringing back the casino ladder match – to next week's Dynamite, and winner will get a title shot. So I wonder if they'll bring in, you know, someone secret, maybe Bray Wyatt, maybe someone else whose contract has gotten up, maybe just someone that's popping in for, you know, just a quick run in the company. I don't know. We will have to see. Those are usually pretty good matches. All right, main event of the show. So the main event was Sammy Guevara versus Miro for the TNT Championship. This match was awesome. Miro basically, for the most part, like destroyed Sammy Guevara the whole time. But Sammy's comeback and everything, which made, in the end, he won. He became the new TNT champion. Uh, I thought it was, you know, the right move. His comeback, though, was really awesome. It, you know, it kind of shows that you don't have to be the biggest guy to make it believable to beat, you know, this monster. And Miro's had it for a long time, but I thought it, I, I said it last week. I thought if anyone should or could take the title off of him and the fans be fine with it, it would be Sammy Guevara. And he did. So that was really cool to see. Congratulations to him. But I thought it was a really good way to end the show with, again, like we said, one of the four pillars getting his first title in AEW. Yeah, I thought that match was awesome, too. The only thing I wish, they had a little bit better build to it, but other than that, uh, I thought... It was very quick. Yeah, the match was awesome, the ending was great, and then also when Sammy won, and then there's confetti, and there's all this stuff, I thought that was really great. Crowd I hope was they really do that happy for, like, for each too. time that the TNT Championship switches, just to make it feel bigger, and it's, like, on the channel, too. Well, you gotta think, also, like... It being a Brody Lee show, this being the yeah. main event, it was the last title he ever held that he never lost. That's and true. It was also a good way to go out. 
Yeah, I, I like the match, too. I thought it was really solid. I'm going to come in with a little bit of a different take before we close out the show. I just wanted to say I didn't think that it was time for Mira to lose yet. Real, I, I was, I'm, I'm happy for Sammy. I thought it was cool. Like you said, Andy, if there's going to be somebody who's going to do it, I'm glad it was him. I just didn't think it was time yet. I just thought his build of his monsterness was... His, if that's a word, his uh, <laughs> of the redeemer. Yeah, I've just thought that, that was his. I thought that was still building. I didn't see it ending yet, but hey. Well, I guess know. you can say that God really did turn heel because he didn't help his own champion. There yeah. you go. And, and and he's doing that to Finn. Man, God is just <laughs> he's on another level lately. All right, guys. Well, before we close out the show, I just want to give a quick shout out to Judge Jody. Judge Jody is a friend of the show, and it is her birthday today, so we wanted to give a shout-out to her. Guys, please follow us on Twitter, at the PWFan. Follow us on Instagram, at the PWFan. Follow Andy's Funko Pop collection on Instagram, at the 410 Fan Bros. And we have full episodes on YouTube where you can like and subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week on the PWFan Podcast, where we talk about all things wrestling. And rest in peace, Chris Canyon. You were missed, my brother. Oh,